Hello and welcome to episode six of our podcast, Perf de la Prem. And I am itching with excitement because today we are doing our top 10 Premier League managers of all time. Michael, question for you. What makes a world-class manager? World-class manager, uh, they need to win. They need to be in the race, in the conversation for every trophy. They need to have a good uh, squad and they need to use that squad. They need to know how to work with everyone at the club. Uh, everything revolves around what the manager's philosophy is of football. And if it's done really well, it looks effortless. Mike, what makes a world-class manager for you? Um, obviously, football being a results-based business, you've, you've got to win, all right? And Michael said as well, um, you know, fighting on all fronts for trophies every year. I think as well, you've got to be able to instill a good culture within the dressing room and, you know, be able to manage those players and especially the higher level you go, there's a lot more egos and it gets a lot more difficult to manage players because they're always going to want to play. Um, I think as well, you've got to have the ability to adapt, just probably like most jobs, but you've got to be able to adapt and uh, tactically as well and also be able to refresh the squad knowing uh, when the right time is to move players on and when to change things up um, as well. So I think as well, if you can do all of those things um, and just have a, a clear set of principles, a clear set of ideas and try and still that on the players and remain consistent with that, then I think that'll go a long way to, um, you know, being a world-class manager. Yeah, right. For the viewers listening, so we're obviously going to do our one to 10 of our best Premier League managers of all time. We're going to kind of split the video um, podcast up here. We're going to do six to 10 and they're going to move on for our one to five. We spoke previously and we both, uh, all three of us have the same one to five. It might be in a, a different order, but we've got the same five managers there. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'll go over to Mike first. First, I'll ask for his number 10. And then we'll have a chat about that manager. And if we both agree, uh, all three of us agree that he's somewhere in our 10, when it comes to the end of it, we're going to make a 10 combined. Okay. So Mike, straight over to you. Who is your number 10 manager? Yeah, look for me, um, there's no way this guy could miss out. Uh, Claudio Ranieri, you know, obviously what he's done at Leicester, you know, maybe there's a little bit left to be desired in terms of what he's achieved at other clubs, but he has managed some big teams in England, obviously managed Chelsea a few years ago, Fulham as well. Um, but, you know, what he was able to achieve with that squad, um, you know, especially the finances side of things as well, but just tactically with those players, um, you know, they are so many gems um, that have been mainstays in the English game for, for so long now. Talking about your Riyad Mahrez, your Jamie Vardy's, your N'Golo Kante's, Danny Drinkwater's, um, so many players. And, you know, it's it's the classic underdog story and it, it, it's actually happened, you know, it's not in the movie um, you know, for him to keep that team composed, especially in the big games, I remember when they played City that season, I was like, oh, there's no way Leicester's going to roll us over. But they did. They came to the Etihad and they they um, taught us a lesson, really. So, um, you know, what he did was nothing short of remarkable. And I think it'd be, I, I don't think there's any way he can miss out on this list from me. Yeah, I, um, I have a runny area number seven on my list, uh, just purely based on that Premier League title with Leicester. Uh, it runs with the shades of like the Monaco team who are uh, knocked off PSG. Uh, if you take a look, who was playing in that team? Mbappe, uh, Fabinho, uh, Bernardo Silva, 
Um, a lot of names who, who are top talents in the world now at other clubs, obviously. And the similar thing happened to um, the Leicester. Uh, people are taking their players, Mares, Kante, um, except Jamie Vardy, uh, he, he's there. Um, and uh, he's still banging in the goals. But um, what, five-player manager of the month for Ranieri in pretty much that one season um, is remarkable. Every time a team came up and uh, challenged them, like Mike said, uh, they showed why they wouldn't get pushed over. Um, and they led the race for a long way, especially over those winter months, um, which is remarkable. I think 5,001 were the odds. Um, <laughs> and that's how remarkable it actually is. And that's why it definitely deserves for me to be well up in that top 10. Yeah, I had uh, Ranieri in my top 10 as well. I had him at, at nine. Obviously, what he did um, with Leicester, it's just incredible. And I don't think will ever be achieved again, probably in our lifetime in the Premier League. Um, as well, his his spell at Chelsea, I think he was there for four years. I think it was, they finished sixth twice, then they finished fourth, and then they finished second in the year where Arsenal did Invincibles. Um, I'm pretty certain he was the manager who signed Frank Lampard. And I also believe he gave John Terry his first ever start for Chelsea. So you look at those two players, two absolute Chelsea legends. Um, so he, he actually did a pretty good job at Chelsea. We then know that Mourinho came in after after him and, and Chelsea did some amazing things. So yeah, Ranieri's in there for us. Um, Michael, who was your number 10 then? Uh, was uh, Rafael Benitez. Um, not because I'm a Liverpool supporter only. Um so whilst he's at Chelsea, actually, I did claim the one preliminary title. Um, however, Liverpool, uh, I think the, his impact on the league and what he did in Europe at that time, challenging the likes of Jose Mourinho's Chelsea um, semi-finals in Champions League, uh, having got to two finals in 05, 06, 7, 8, um, that one in Athens, obviously the Istanbul victory. Um, he also backed it up with the FA Cup, so another English domestic trophy, uh, Super Cup, uh, seven times manager of the month, I think, throughout his tenure at Liverpool, he's coach at Newcastle, Everton, Chelsea, um, obviously brought Newcastle back up, having gone down with them. So uh, that shows what he means, actually, to not only um, the club, but just the city's uh in Liverpool, obviously, the blue side of Merseyside <laughs> were reluctant to have him and he didn't do too well there. Um, but he, he's very supportive around the, um, the, the city, donating uh, to local charities and the like. So um, engraved in the, the culture and the history of the football club. Um, and, and what he does on the big stage um, gives him a place in my top ten. Yeah, interesting. Um, so 10 for me, someone a little bit different. Um, growing up, obviously, in England, I've, I think it'd probably be hard to find someone who dislikes this manager, maybe Sunderland fans, but Sir Bobby Robson, um, when he came in at Newcastle, they weren't doing too well. Um, he got them up, I think, might have, close to the top six. He did fantastically well there. He was just such a likeable manager, really changed kind of the team there at Newcastle. Yes, he didn't win every win anything, um, but I just think of what he did for Newcastle and for English football. He was just such a fantastic manager for them, and I just had to have him in my top ten because growing up, I always really liked him as a manager. 
Um, so moves back over to you, Mike. Who was your number nine? My number nine, um, sticking sticking uh, to my beloved Man City, right? So obviously Man City was formed in 2008 and that's when football started. So uh, don't have too much to go off here, but I've gone Roberto Mancini. Um, now look, maybe not the best manager in the world. He's obviously done quite well with Italy in the national team and he's done well post-City as well. But for me, I think his impact is probably, people kind of tend to forget in some ways. Maybe nine might be too high, but um, you know, looking back at you know what's happened to man city over the last you know 10 to 15 years it's been quite a remarkable journey and in many ways he started that um you know that trail of success that we've had and if you think about it that i mean okay aguero scored that goal but if he didn't get that squad to win win the league there was no guarantees that we'd ever be back there um because it was really difficult at that time you know man united still at the peak of their powers lots of decent teams around arsenal were still doing well chelsea um, you know, and you spoke about Ranieri and who he's brought in as well. You know, he brought in a lot of players that were the spine of the team for so long and become Man City legends. Um, you know, you're talking about even Jekko to some extent, David Silva, Samir Nasri, Aguero, company. Well, he didn't buy a company, but he developed company, brought in Joe Hart as number one. You know, a lot of these players, um, have been really pivotal in our success over the last, you know, 10 or so years. And he really started it. And I think he, he just set the scene, um, you know, having that FA cup win as well. So, you know, unfortunately it didn't go too well after that season, we had won the league, but for me, I think, you know, he is just as important as say someone like a Pep Guardiola in, in what's happened over the last 10 or so years to Manchester city. Yeah, Michael, did you have him at all in your top 10, Mancini, or have you not stuck him in? No, no. Uh, uh, someone different at ninth. Um, I had Conte. Uh, so he's obviously at Tottenham now. Uh, he was at Chelsea prior and um, before he went to Italy, came back. But, um, well, so for example, he's, I think, his win record 65% of games in the Premier League. Uh, well, someone comparing to like, so the likes of Klopp, who you think with the 97-point season, uh, um, 90, 98 points as well, when they um, just fell shy when they won the league, and in the 90s again last season, uh, he's only um, on 64%. So uh, that just shows what he, he had done, um, what he's doing currently, but what he had done at Chelsea, um, like Chelsea do, the, the, the system, the philosophy, and Branovich obviously is not there now. They they change their manager and it brings success for them. So it, it does work in short amounts. And that's probably that's why maybe those uh, the, the, the data figures are skewed a little bit. Um, but uh, when he was there, he was incredible. Now he's gone to Tottenham and they do look really good all, all of a sudden too. Yeah, I think, uh, so Conte's in mine. I had him at, at seventh. I think, look, yeah, he's won one Premier League at, at Chelsea and it probably not had... Loads of success at Tottenham, but it's looking like potentially he could, you know, finish top four again this year and and move them forward again. Um, did you have Conte in your top ten, Mike? Yeah, I had Conte. I had him a little bit higher up though. Um, you know, probably the only blight on Conte's record is he hasn't been at clubs for an overly long time. He's only had a couple of spells as well. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, what he's done as well has been pretty remarkable. So, do you want my number eight? 
before I move yeah. on. Give me, give, give me number eight, and then I'm going to talk um, about two managers who might not be, might not have won many Premier Leagues or any Premier Leagues, but I think are quite exciting. So give me your number eight. I almost went um, Kenny Dalglish. You know, I was a bit shocked that there was football pre two thousand eight, but um, had to do a bit of digging. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to see, you know, much of his managerial career. But I think obviously what he did, he won the Premier League with uh, Blackburn Rovers, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And if you go back to that time, obviously again Manchester United, obviously having that long run as as the big side in England, you know, the best side in England to knock them off, I think that was a a pretty impressive achievement. I mean, pre-Premier League as well. Okay, we're talking about the Premier League here, but pre-Premier League as well, he was pretty pivotal in Liverpool's success. Won quite a few league titles or the first division, as they called it back then as well. So clearly a good manager. Again, maybe the only blight on his record there was probably his return to Liverpool, albeit a short one. I think as well, maybe you boys will be able to tell me a little bit more, but I think maybe Liverpool were just in a little bit of trouble then and it probably wasn't an ideal time for him to maybe go back and I think if I've got the numbers right, maybe he hadn't managed for something like 10 years um, as a first team manager. So that might sort of put him down a little bit, but I think he was obviously a really good manager and I'm sure um, Liverpool fans are pretty fond of him for his success as a player and a manager. Yeah, well, um, he he did win the Carling Cup in 2012 with Liverpool. So at least he's had another trophy in his managerial status. But um, I believe he did sign a Jordan Henderson uh, he turned out to be a fairly decent player, I believe. Um, so I have him at number eight as well, Michael. So exactly the same position as you, uh, what he did at Blackburn. Um, exceptional. Um, not, not as much as Liverpool as the manager, obviously, touching his uh, playing career. Uh, but 238 matches, um, that, that's, that's a fair amount. I think for me, I, I was touch and go with, with Kenny Dalglish. I just put Bobby Robson in there because I didn't think you guys would put him in there and I wanted to give him a mention. I think that Premier League win uh, with Blackburn was fantastic. Um, I wasn't even born, so I didn't really want to speak too much about it. Um, you can probably, I might be wrong, Michael, did, did Kenny Dalglish sign Luis Suarez? Uh, yes, and Andy Carroll at the same time. Yeah. Summer transfer window, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know the Carroll one's terrible, but I mean, Luis Suarez, <laughs> arguably one of the most gifted Yeah, he to... was uh, Donnie and Keeper that, 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 that window as well. Um, so there was a fair few of them, and uh, before Henderson was nearly uh, loaned out um, to Swansea, I believe. Um, he looked like a bit of a bleak window for him, but all of a sudden when you put him name down to Suarez, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah. Interesting. So there's there's a few names bounce around that we've got similar, which means it should make it a little bit easier when we do our combined 10. Um, I'm just going to mention two names who I've got. One's probably very, very high, but just because I absolutely love him as a manager and I, I wish he managed England. Um, I had him at number six was Harry Redknapp. Um, obviously, his win ratio and kind of everything like that is not going to be anywhere near the bigger managers because he was managing smaller clubs. He had a really good spell at Tottenham and they were playing some fantastic football. I think I remember the game at White Hart Lane when they beat Liverpool 4-0 and Modric scored a screamer. Um, yeah, they, he was just playing some fantastic football. He's managed 641 games in the Premier League, um, 236 wins, which equates to 36% win record. But he was managing, obviously, later on managed QPR. Um, he managed Portsmouth a lot as well. So... You can see why it's probably not as high. He won eight managers of the month. And interesting, he won a manager of the season as well. 
I just think he's an absolute legend in English football. And as I said before, I just wish he had managed England football team at one stage. I don't think he would have won us, say, a World Cup or something like that, but I think he could have done similar to what Gareth Southgate's doing. Um, the other manager that I had at number eight as well um, is David Moyes. Um, another manager, yeah, look, he hasn't won a Premier League. And I'm not going to speak about his time at Man United because I personally believe un unless... Guardiola or a Klopp or someone like that was to go into that Man United team after Ferguson, anyone would have struggled. I just look at the what Everton were like when he managed them. They were a top 10 team pretty much the whole time he was there. And then also the job he's done with West Ham at the moment. Like They were a fantastic side, obviously, last year, where they got to in the Europa League and still managed to produce some fantastic Premier League results. For me, is why I think he should be in our top 10. He's managed 621 games. 40% win record. He's had 10 managers of the month. Did any of those two in your top 10, uh, Michael? Uh, not in my top 10, um, but honourable mentions for sure. Uh, I think Red Naps, the way he's like a father to a lot of the players this early on in their careers, uh, that interview he had uh, where he shut down the reporter and backed up Frank Lampard and his ability um, and then obviously look what kind of play he turned in. So he can seek out the talent, sort of like Arsene Wenger did when he's like Cesc Farragas sees him like a dad. It's incredible. Um, the other manager, so who was the second manager you said? Uh, David Moyes. Yeah, sorry, David Moyes, of course. Um, everything that you said is 100% correct. Uh, it, it's not an accident. He's, he's managed over 600 games of Premier League football. Um, going to United just... Going more on that comment, though, what a task. Uh, so, at first, I'm pretty sure he's going to be up to the top three for us. Um, the only the, the manager that came in after has done well so far, in my opinion, who's also in my top three, is Jose Mourinho. Uh, at the time, it looked, uh, apart from the City, uh, beating him to the Premier League, the, the job he did do there, winning them the three uh, titles, one being uh, the Europa League, so a big European competition, um, speaks to the volumes of how well he did. And then Moyes came in second after Sir Alex Ferguson, after Jose Mourinho, two of the greats in the Premier League. Um, and I think that made it even more of an uphill battle for him, which he did struggle. Yeah, and Mike, over to you. Did you have any of those two, Harry Redknapp or Moyes in yours, or who did you have instead? Um, yeah, so I think Moyes. Um, I was, you know, Carlo Ancelotti's probably, probably up up there. I'd say, um, but maybe hasn't managed in the Premier League so long. So, kind of ch maybe changed my. Mind. I think, like you mentioned, there, David Moyes. What he did with Everton to keep them up there, you know, in and around the top half of the table, top to mid half of the table, did really, really well over such a long time, and. Um, it was probably a shame it didn't work out at Man United, but I, to be honest, like you said, I don't think unless there's a Pepper or a Klopp going in there, I don't think anyone's going to succeed right now. Um, kind of doomed to fail from the start. But then, like you say as well, he's come back to West Ham for the second time and he's got them playing some really good football. He's got them in Europe as well. Um, and yeah, I think what he's been able to do with the sides that he's managed has been quite remarkable. So I'd, I'd definitely stick um, David Moyes in there. Now, you spoke about uh, Roy Hodgson in terms of... Um, not sorry, that's who I was going to speak about. You spoke about Harry Redknapp in terms of longevity. 
I was going to say Roy Hodgson, maybe not, maybe not making this list, but just in terms of longevity within the game, managing so many different eras as well. He's obviously been an England manager, and look, I know maybe again, you're being English, Gareth, you might be able to say a little bit more on it, but people probably weren't as keen about him. But to manage a thousand games in your whole managerial career is pretty impressive, and I think he actually did fairly decent with Palace most recently as well. Not not so good with Watford. Um, but again, they were probably doomed again. Um, well, he was probably doomed going in there from the start. Um, but yeah, to be around that long, you obviously have to be a decent manager. Um, another one as well, just kind of throwing names out there now, but even, um, he's not going to make my list, but Sam Allardyce is probably a decent manager as well. You know, he got Bolton. Did, did he not get Bolton into, um, into Europe at some point? Maybe the old, well, no. Would have been UEFA equivalent of UEFA Europa League. Um, I think he did pretty pretty well as um, as well. Again, just just for longevity, you know, if you're going to be around for that long, um, you're obviously doing something right. And okay, they're not going to play the prettiest football, but you know, he worked with what he had, and he, I think um, those men, men did pretty well. But yeah, probably don't quite scrape in. Yeah, interesting. I think Sam Allardyce. I, th- I think he's still got the uh, best rec- English record of all time. <laughs> So, obviously, we know what happened there. Um, Roy Hodgson. Don't get me started, Gareth, on Roy. He he came into Liverpool pretty much set fire from the inside out. (laughs) Nearly destroyed the club with Hicks and Gillette. Um, Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't put him in mind just based on solely that. But, no, he's he's shown at numerous clubs. is amazing. Uh, Big Sam, however, uh, as soon as your team's in trouble and you want to get out of relegation battle, how many times has he got the phone call? So uh, he's an important manager in those times. Yeah, and that Bolton side that he had, I think like JJ Okocha, they obviously had um, Kevin Nolan, Kevin Davies, Ivan Campo. They had some fantastic players. And it was around about the time where um, so Aston Villa were up there as well. Um, Martin O'Neill, who was at Villa, he was another one I, I kind of almost had on my list because I, growing up, I found him a really exciting manager. Is there anyone else that you guys want to throw in for our six to ten, or should we try and agree on our six to ten managers? Um, I don't know yeah. if I mentioned. Oh, sorry, Michael. Um, no, that's right. If we're going six to ten, I had Conte in my um, six to ten as well. I don't think he quite makes the cut of the top five, but um, yeah, if I mentioned him before, but yeah, um, that's it for me. Yeah, right. in six, I had Angelotti. Um, I think he's a top manager. Obviously, he just won the Champions League, didn't he? Um, yeah. Obviously, Premier League is slightly different. Uh, he's a bit more reactive, especially being uh, with Everton. He looked woeful, but uh, he put him in a coach in the likes of Modric uh, um, at Real Madrid. Wow, with the difference. Yeah, I think Angelotti for me, I know he won the league at Chelsea. I'm just, I'm not a massive Angelotti fan. He's obviously, you can't argue with his record. His record is fantastic, but. Just kind of what what he did with Everton, he kind of went in and, and when things went bad, he just kind of basically went, all right, see you later. And I don't know, left a bit of a sour taste in his mouth. And I'd rather probably back your Harry Redknapp's David Boys, but if you two are want him in, I could probably agree. So I think Conte, um, we've all agreed, got to be somewhere. Um, Claudio Ranieri is another one. Kenny Dalgleish was was touch and go for me, and you guys both had him in, so he's probably a, another one. Ancelotti, I'm happy for. Um, and then 
for me, I want to argue for, for probably uh, Harry Redknapp or David Moyes. But if you guys want to mention someone else, we can probably go from there. I'm just going to agree with you on that, the Ancelotti point. Um, for me, I, I did initially have him in my list, but then if you look at the Premier League as well, maybe wasn't hasn't been there long enough. Okay, yeah, like I say, he's won the league. Um, Everton, I don't think they did too bad to start with, but then, yeah, the going got tough. Um, if we were having a discussion about top 10 managers of all time, he'd definitely be in that discussion. But I think from a Premier League perspective, he, he probably misses out for someone like um, your David Moyes and Conte's and Ranieri's sort of sort of blokes. Love that. I'm happy with that. Uh, so, Michael, are you happy to for us to kick Ancelotti out, or you want you want to keep him in the top ten? Because we're talking about uh, Premier League, like just yeah. just Premier League. Like if, if you're talking, yeah, about managers of all time, his record is absolutely fantastic. But Premier oh. League, it's it's not. Do you know it's not 54 percent win record. It's it's not amazing. Uh, it's not, uh, but it's it's it's, uh, it's what he achieved. Uh, Chelsea, like I said, um, with the Benitez, uh, with Di Matteo winning the Champions League, it's short spells with Chelsea, so it works. Um, but I'm happy to do, get rid of him from my top ten uh, and push forward with our top five now. All right, so uh, this so Ranieri, Moyes, Redknapp, Conte, Dalglish. What do you reckon? I'm thinking Ranieri at 10. Agree, disagree. Nine, just because it was such an achievement. I'm, I'm going to go right. nine because I think he what he achieved is probably, even though he had the longevity of like a red nap, I reckon red nap probably scrapes in at a 10. I'd go nine, yeah. Ranieri, yep. The red, red nap, nine, Ranieri at 10. Kenny Dalglish at eight. Yep, I'm happy with that. Happy with that. Uh, area at nine, was it Gareth? Yeah, Ranieri at nine. Did who did yeah. I say? Did I say someone else? <laughs> he said ten. I have switched him. <laughs> He's did got eight. You said uh, Redknapp at nine, and then Ranieri at ten. That's all right, mate. Uh, we got so it. So I'm trying to think here. Sleep deprived, aren't I? I've got a good excuse. So Redknapp, sorry, at ten. Ranieri at nine. Um, who did we? And then who was it at eight? Dalglish. Dalglish. So we're happy with Dalglish. Uh, David Moyes. Yep, happy at that. Yeah. And then Conte at six. Brilliant. Okay, I'll have to remember that. So hope, hopefully someone writes it down so I don't forget it. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the exciting stuff. Um, one to five. Very very quickly as well, to anyone who does listen to our podcast, um, after we've spoke about this, if you want to argue that there is someone out there that should be number one over who our number one is going to be, please send in a two-minute snippet of you discussing why your chosen manager should be in over our number one. Because if you're a football fan, there is absolutely no chance on earth that you don't put this bloke who we are going to have as number one as number one. So that's my challenge for any listeners. Send in a two-minute snippet if you want to you know, throw in a manager different to who's going to be our number one. So... One to five. We've all spoke previously. We've we've got um, Pep, uh, Klopp, Mourinho, Wenger, and Sir Alex Ferguson. So I'm going to throw over to you, Mike, to start with. Give me your one to five. The starting number one, or are we going to start number five? Let's start number five. All we right. All know so, 
because I'll yeah, I'm gonna be here if it's not. No, there's there's no there's yeah, I think we'll probably all agree on that one. Um for me, number five, I'm going Klopp. Um, I think he's done a remarkable job at Liverpool. Um, I'll probably justify his position a little bit more later on. Um, you know, just from where Liverpool were, um, obviously had that pretty average spell under Dow Gleish, I think it was, and then they had Rodgers who did pretty well with them, and then they fell away again. Uh, it's kind of reju- rejuvenated the club and brought them back to where I'm sure the fans would like them to be. Um, made some great signings as well. Um, his impact can't be understated, definitely. Um, certainly a scary proposition, especially me as a City fan. Even when they weren't necessarily, you know, one of the top two teams in the league, always um, gave us a really, really good challenge. And I think they've pushed us on quite a bit as well. And a lot of that is down to Klopp and the way he plays. Um, do you want me to continue on, mate? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've gone number four. I've gone Pep over Klopp. So number four. Um, for me, you know, just sheer numbers in terms of trophies, I think you can't really dispute that. Now, people are going to talk about money and um, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, look, Klopp has still spent money. At one point, I'm pretty sure, except, you know, until someone like Chelsea came along, had the most expensive goalkeeper, not for very long. Um, also spent quite a lot of, lot of money on Van Dyke. And to be honest, people say about Klopp and net spend and, oh, we're still spending the Coutinho money, I've heard Michael say before. Um you know, you still had to spend money and make those big signings to be successful because I think those two really spurred them on along with others and your Mane's and they got him for good money. But, you know, if you look at Pep as well, people say, oh, he's inherited this squad and he's oh, he's always managed the big teams and the big budgets, but I'm sorry, there's a reason why, right? Um, and I had a had a stat. It was something like we've, um, since Pep came in, well, actually the first season that he came in, we had like one of the, I think it was the oldest squad in the Premier League as well. So it's quite an aging squad, needed lots of rejuvenation. You know, we had Sanya and um, Clichy at fullback, Kolarov, Zabaleta, all great players in their day, but on their last legs, um, finished the worst, um, had our worst finish in the Premier League since the takeover. Um, it was like lowest goal scored. We'd only won one out of seven against the top six. Um, you know, there was the club wasn't we weren't really doing that well when he came in. That last season on the Pellegrini was um it was probably one of the, the worst seasons since the takeover, I would say. Um, and he's been able to refresh the squad. People say he doesn't stick around too long. Um, but he's for me, he's in his third evolution at Manchester City already and looking to refresh the squad again and, and push on and try something different. Um, Mourinho, number three for me. I mean, what's there not to say at Mourinho's been at some big clubs. Um, he, he likes to talk the talk, but he can definitely walk the walk as well. Um, you know, what he did with Chelsea and, um, even before coming to Chelsea, it's not the Premier League, but the Porto's been an excellent manager, maybe in the last few years, probably not so much. He didn't have a great time at Spurs again, um, at Man United didn't have a great time, but like Michael said, um, you know, to actually win three trophies with them was quite an achievement. And he's, he said, and people just, you know, thought he was taking the mick a little bit. Um, it was one of his best achievements to, um, you know, win what he did with United and finish second. And I think, you know, that's actually probably right, just given um, the state of their club right now. Um, second for me, Arsene Wenger, um, you know, Invincibles. What a, you know, that's incredible achievement. I don't think that's going to be beaten again, especially nowadays with the competitiveness of the league. Um, again, longevity successful for so long and um obviously arsenal now struggling to get back in the top four people were like oh wenger always plays for fourth you know that's all he wants 
you know, to keep them in in that position for so long and be so successful and some of the players that he's brought through was um, really remarkable as well. Um, and I don't think there's going to be too much dispute on this one, but number one, Sir Alex, I mean, again, longevity, what he was able to do with United, he didn't necessarily start too well by all accounts, um, but the club stuck with him and arguably managed the, you know, the best team sort of the English Premier League's ever seen really. Um, and again, just like kind of like maybe to a lesser extent, Pep, you know, has had that had that ability to refresh the squad. He knew when to refresh the squad, who to get rid of. No cl- uh, player was bigger than the club. And I think, again, we spoke about characteristics of elite managers and he epitomizes all of them. So, um, yeah, anyone but Sir Alex for me at number one is is um, certainly on something. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... I'm 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 just going to quickly jump in because my one to five was the exactly exactly the same as that. Um, just just quickly though, when you were speaking about that, because there's that old debate over Mourinho versus Pep and and everything like that. Um, I was just looking at Pep Guardiola since he's come in at City. Obviously, he's won four Premier League titles now, um, 228 games, 74% win record. Um, they've scored 2.47 goals per game, conceding 0.79 goals per game. He's had 11 manager of the months and three manager of the seasons, which I think probably should be four. Um, but we can all speak about the amount of money he has spent, but Mourinho spent um, even more. So Mourinho actually spent more money at Chelsea than Pep has done at Manchester City. For me, though, I still would have Mourinho at three. When he came in, what he did with Chelsea, he changed English football. When I was younger, I actually was scared of Mourinho. He was intimidating. Um, and I think the standard of football was, I'll probably get lynched for this, maybe, maybe the standard wasn't higher. I think the competition was fiercer when Mourinho came in. Rather, Pep, they only really have kind of Liverpool to battle with. Otherwise, the rest are quite a far way off. Um, so I've got the same one to five as you. Um, Michael, are you the same? Or have you got any changes you want to make at all there? No, uh, I believe I do have the same, actually. So... Fifth Liverpool, uh, yeah. So what what Klopp's done since he's come in? Um, that first interview, uh, he goes within four years he'll win the Premier League title. Can guarantee it, and he did. But he's also won everything else that's come with that. Uh, for being Liverpool manager, um, uh, and that's that is absolutely incredible. He's added uh, to the Champions Wall, uh, several times now, um, and. From what we were, uh, from United knocking us off our perch, um, and how far thirty years, um, not being challenging, not being challenging really at all, apart from maybe Benitez, where we finished second behind uh, United, obviously that year, uh, thirteen fourteen, we had a little flash with Rogers, but that wasn't sustainable, um, so. Yeah, so th- th- that would be uh, my my fifth. Um, it's exceptional. Uh, fourth, I would have to go with Pep. Uh, he does inherit uh, really, really uh, impressive sides, um, contrary to maybe Mike would say, um, having the luxury of buying players if they don't work out just by someone else, where uh, Liverpool really, um, if they got Van Dijk or got Alisson wrong, uh, that would be the money. Um, for example, Andy Robertson, 8 million. Uh, Mendy, 
uh, city. Uh, you can come in here, Mike, and give me a figure. Uh, but how much was he? Fifty million, roughly. So who was that for again? Mendy. Yeah, men look, Benjamin Mendy. I don't want to speak about Benjamin. Well, what was Mendy. the price? What was yeah, the price? fifty, mate. Fifty. Yeah. So there you go. Then you bought Cancelo for a another price as well. Uh, they just keep buying these players to fill these um, positions, and one one works out. Sterling, Sane. Oh, that one. That one sticks. Um, so, uh, and I think that's easier for them to throw cash, um, regardless where he has changed over the squad. Um, that has taken time, but he has so many players to tinker in and out to find that mix. Um, he did obviously come out from Barcelona for his first coaching gig. Um, that famous photo with him walking next to Jose, um, wearing the Barca all Kappa track suits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, understudy, you, know, you think of Mourinho, they didn't give the job to him over Pep. Uh, but coming in for the first, he didn't do what a the big Sam does, uh coming with these other clubs and proving well, he can do it with those types of squads. Um, it, he's always had money to back him up. But saying that, getting pushed by Liverpool, he's still won four. And, that, and that's really, really impressive. Do you want to hold it there, boys, and continue after the new one? Yeah, I reckon start a new one. Maybe just let's try and make it like five minutes because... So in third, uh, I had Arsene Wenger. So uh, maybe different to you boys who may have him up in second. Three Premier League titles, uh, obviously the Midsport is one of them. Uh, 828 matches, 57% win record, uh, 1,561 goals for. Um, it's incredible, incredible stats, 15 matches. Um, he he's an iconic image when you see all uh, the footage from the past, the, the Thierry Henry moments, him on the touch, uh, the, the mental relationships he's had with the younger Arsenal side coming through, um, the Nazaris, the uh, Fabregas's, um, everyone speaks so highly of him. Uh, the managers speak so highly of him. Everyone in football speaks so highly of him. And he's definitely worthy of that third place. In second, I've had Jose Mourinho jumping ahead of him because I believe Jose Mourinho versus Arsene Wenger in a one-off game of football. Now, pick a squad. I think Jose would tactically beat him um, and have three times, three. So he's won the exact same amount of Premier Leagues in the less amount of time, so 500 matches less. Um, he obviously has won a European trophy, which Wenger didn't do. He lost to Barcelona in the final with Arsenal. Um, Tottenham, he's won at every club he's been at, except Tottenham, but he got him to the League Cup final before he lost his job that week, which is incredible. He's gone to Roma, he's won him a trophy. They haven't won it in years. So um, that speaks for itself, in my opinion. He revolutionised the face of football when money came in and shaped the Premier League um, under Abramovich uh, and the way he played. Um, he's number nine who dictated the games, who's more of a sole striker set up with a pair and a partner that did the A-Drogba role. Um, yeah, Shashemko came in after him. 
um, and the likes. But uh, the the way he 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 did that, the way he coached that, it's incredible in my opinion. Um, leaving the red half of Manchester, um, Mr. Sir Alex Ferguson. Unfortunately, he did come in and did what he said. He knocked out Liverpool. Um, 13 Premier League titles later. Uh, and <sighs> Sir Alex Ferguson, Fergie time. Uh, doesn't sound as appealing as Kloppish time, in my opinion. But um, uh, he did it with everything. He did with the squads. Uh, he didn't get as... Put it this way, uh, Liverpool would have uh, beaten his side twice uh, with their points tallies over, I think, one of his best achievements to win the league. 86, 7, 8 points. Uh, Liverpool's gotten to the 90s. So points alone doesn't seem that impressive. But the level of the competition uh, and the play they had, Park Shun, he had a moment for him, a horse for courses, where he came up and scored against Liverpool every time. Um, and then he wouldn't play for a couple of weeks. Everyone knew their role. Uh, the Harmony, the Carricks, uh, the Roonies, um, the list goes on and on. Um, Incredible, incredible manager, uh, and he's watching in the sands these days and only can think what he's thinking after how he left the club. Incredible. Yeah, I just, Sir Alex Ferguson, as much as I couldn't stand him when he was at United, he was just an, an unbelievable manager. Yeah, I think just, yeah, sorry to, to cut you off there, Gareth. Um, just what you just said there just resonated another point with me. The way he played the media, like before the game, if he needed the crowd or he needed the Tim, what, Tim Howard, Tom Howard, what's the ref's name? Um, <laughs> to do Howard him a favour. <laughs> Howard, that's it. Um, <laughs> Tim Howard. Uh, yeah, oh, I got the, got the key phone mixed up in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it just seemed to pull the right strings at the right time with the right people in the right moment to say the right word in the interviews to get someone up, to put a little bit of fire in the media. Incredible. Sorry. That's all right. That's okay. I think as well, I was just going to touch on as well, when you kind of thought that he wasn't going to win any more Premier Leagues, he goes and he ends up signing Van Persie and then United win the league again. I don't, I don't think Van Persie would have signed for any other manager at that time other than Sir Alex Ferguson. He just had that pull on players. He was just, he was just a mentality monster, I'm going to call him, because he is a real mentality monster, not Jurgen Klopp, I'm afraid. Sir Alex Ferguson was just incredible. Interesting as well, I think what you said there with Jose Mourinho and Arsene Wenger, oh, I just, for me, Arsene Wenger's second, that Invincibles, um, Mike touched on it before, that, I don't think that will ever be repeated. Um, one-off games, if it's all about one-off games, I could say that, well, Carlo Ancelotti should be over Pep and he should be over uh, Jurgen Klopp as well because... He probably is the best at winning one-off games. We saw last year with Real Madrid winning the Champions League, they pretty much won three one-off games. Um, obviously, beating PSG, beating Man City, and then beating Liverpool as well. Um, so, it's an interesting point. Jose Mourinho was was absolutely fantastic for me. I still want to stick with Wenger at number two. Mike, are you the same, or you been swayed to put Mourinho up there? Yeah, I'm going um, number two as well um, because, you know, the Premier League's not about just one-off games. It's over a season. Um, and I just think... Long Same amount of Premier League titles, Michael. <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm just thinking about um, longevity. He, 
did so so well for Arsenal. And I think um, you know, with Arsenal fans, they complained a lot. It maybe again towards the end, it probably wasn't always pretty, maybe he stayed a few years too long. Um, but I just don't think his success can be understated. And of course, Mourinho, very, very successful. Um, but you know, he was he's always at club short term. It's kind of a cycle with Mourinho and in, in many ways, you know, it starts off all pretty and rosy. And then it um, tends to end fairly quickly, probably similar to a Conte as well. Um, but no, nah, you could toss and turn with that. But for me, Wenger, number two. Yeah, so there we go. We have it. So our top 10. So for anyone who wants to know it again, at 10, we had Harry uh, Harry Redknapp. Number nine was Claudio Ranieri. Eight, Nidal Gleish. Seven was David Moyes. Six, Antonio Conte. Five, Jurgen Klopp. Four Pep Guardiola, three Jose Mourinho, two Arsene Wenger, and number one Sir Alex Ferguson. And once again, a challenge to anyone who listens to the podcast: if you want to try and convince me that anyone deserves to be above Sir Alex Ferguson, send us a two-minute snippet of why you think anyone deserves to be over the goat, because he is the Premier League manager goat. Um, that pretty much wraps us up. So once again, our socials are as follows. You can find us on Podbean, which is Perf Della Prem, on Spotify as well, Perf Della Prem, all one word, at Twitter, at Perf Della Prem, SoundCloud, Perf Della Prem with the spaces as well. Um, you can also give us a like on our Facebook page um, and obviously now on YouTube as well and TikTok. So plenty of different socials there. Um, I just had a quick chat with Mike then mentioned about how there is an international break coming up and I thought that that would be a perfect opportunity for us to touch uh, base again and do our best Premier League team of all time because I think that's going to be very very spicy obviously Mike can only speak from 2008 onwards but I'm going to find some interesting players to chuck in there as well so boys thanks again that was really really interesting and fun to do Hope you guys enjoyed it as well, everyone listening, and we will see you. Uh, I can't even speak. <laughs> we will see you all next time. It's got baby brain, mate. Cheers, Gareth. Uh, really look, uh, really enjoyed that, mate. Looking forward to the team of the season, uh, two thousand eight onwards, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Gareth. Uh, hopefully, this weekend, this match day is uh, <laughs> a lot better than the the one that's just passed. Yeah, fantastic. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you all later.